Welcome back to the playoff edition of the HS Extra Pitfall Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer Turkin, alongside my partner, Joe Serrera. Joe is finally here, the high school football playoffs, and it started out with a bang on Saturday as the brackets were dropped, and somehow, some way, 3-8 page snuck into the 4A bracket, and lo and behold, they could eventually, if the Pirates go on a run, could eventually see East Precise and Grimsley again. Yeah. Uh, no one, and I mean no one, saw this coming. Uh, Page coach Jared Rolfus was on his way down to uh, the South Carolina Appalachian State football game in Columbia to watch some former players down there. He was he was surprised when the preliminary brackets came out. Uh, the folks at HighSchoolOT.com in Raleigh who do a projection, they did not have the final adjusted max preps rankings through Friday night's games, but their projection before those rankings was Page as the first team out, but the Pirates are in the playoffs. It's a convoluted process that got them there. I'll have a story in the news and record and at hsextra.com explaining it further, but the long to make a long story short, there were three teams who were competing for the last two spots in the 4A and 4AA playoffs. Those were the Page Pirates from the Metro 4A. Page finished third in the Metro 4A behind Champion Grimsley and Ragsdale. And uh, Pine Forest from Fayetteville and Spring Lake Overhills from the Patriot 3A, 4A Conference. All three of those teams were in the mix for the last two spots. Basically, the way it went was when they were considering them, Page had a higher adjusted max preps ranking, a better adjusted max preps ranking than Pine Forest, which was number 49. Page was number 48. Spring Lake Overhills was number 47. Spring Lake Overhills couldn't be considered for a spot until Pine Forest got in because they finished as the third 4A team in that conference, and Pine Forest was a second 4A team. So Overhills wasn't in the conversation at that stage. It was Page versus Pine Forest. Page was number 48 in the adjusted max preps rankings. Pine Forest was number 49. Boom, Page gets in before Pine Forest. And then it came down to, for the last spot, either Pine Forest gets in or Spring Lake Overhills, which even though it had a higher adjusted max preps ranking than Page or Pine Forest, it didn't get in because Pine Forest finished ahead of Overhills in the stand. Very complicated, but that's basically what happened. Uh, you know, Page strength of schedule obviously did matter for the Pirates. Every team that they lost to is in the playoffs with fairly strong seedings, including the top-ranked team in the entire state of Virginia, Highland Springs. The strength of schedule did help the Pirates. The fact that uh, Pine Forest and Spring Lake Overhills are in a split 3A, 4A conference, a nine-team league, that did not help Overhills. That, that kind of worked against them. But that is how all the mathematics and gymnastics on this thing put Page in the playoffs at 3-8 and eight, and Spring Lake Overhills down near Fayetteville on the outside looking in and Pine Forest in the playoffs. It's Those were the three teams. That's the best way to look at it, and that's how the scenario broke down. But great news for the Page Pirates because with some of the younger guys that they have playing for them, including Alonzo Barnett at quarterback, those guys get another week of practice and another game, and who knows? They go to Mooresville on Friday night, a 6-5 and five Mooresville team that also played a tough schedule, played most of the best teams in the Charlotte Mech area. Uh, if they were to win that game, the Pirates would then go to Ragsdale in week two. Ragsdale has a bye, and 
it was a relatively close game during the regular season, so who knows? And then we get into what you're talking about, Spencer. Maybe they're playing East for Scyther Grimsley you know, deeper in the playoffs. But uh, a crazy Saturday with the pairings. There's always something going on, and that was obviously the big story this year. Joe, do you think that because of the way the adjusted max preps rankings uh, fell out this year that schools might be looking to schedule – harder in the non-conference in future seasons yeah i think i think that that would definitely factor in the the funny thing there though is there's only one more year left in this four-year alignment cycle with the nchsaa they're very they're not very likely to change anything with the max preps rankings for the 2020 football season but when the next realignment comes around they may not use them it may be a completely different different factor that determines that sort of thing strength of schedule may not be as big a component we we really don't know how big a component it is now because those max preps rankings are the adjusted ones are proprietary like the Kentucky fried chicken recipe they're in a vault somewhere we don't know exactly how they work so I don't know if people are going to go and try to change things because of that for the one year when when they know they're still probably going to be using them. And plus, in the last two years of a a realignment cycle, teams have home-and-home contracts, and it's going to be really hard for anybody to do anything about what they're doing in 2020 as far as schedule goes. A lot has yet to be determined for the realignment. Uh, the first week in December is when the NCHSA Executive Board meets for two of its an- one of its two annual meetings in Chapel Hill. There'll be a proposal about realignment put before the board there. I'm sure there'll be some discussion. There may be a vote. Once that's settled, I think teams and schools may be looking at things a little bit differently for 21, 22, 23, and 24. But 2020, I think we're still kind of locked in. I don't think there's much people could do about it then, even if they wanted it, wanted to. But if you're a team that didn't get in and see Page get in with their three and eight record, but a brutal non-conference schedule, maybe you do think, hey, you know, that might get me in. Joe, let's go ahead and start looking at some of these matches. You just mentioned Page at Mooresville, two teams that had very strong schedules, had so-so years. Uh, that really could be an interesting matchup. Uh, then South Caldwell will be at number five, Glenn. Glenn, a team with a lot of talent, also plays in a very difficult conference. And uh, number one, Grimsley, number two, East Forsyth, and number three, Ragsdale will all push forward into the second round with a bye in the tournament. Uh, we move to the three AA East. Number 16, Eastern Gilbert is at Lee County. Uh, that is probably going to be a, a tough game for Eastern and Clayton will visit Southwest Guilford, so the Cowboys... Southeast Guilford. Uh, uh, Southeast Guilford. Uh, that'll be the Falcons that are hosting a playoff game. Yeah, uh, Southeast looks like they've got a pretty good shot at, at making another run. That Clayton team went 6-5. and five. Four of the losses came to some very good 4A teams. They are in a split conference. Eastern Guilford going to Lee County. Lee County's unbeaten. Lee County was unbeaten last year when Dudley went down there and beat Lee County. So, uh, a little bit misleading maybe that Lee County's unbeaten their conference not very strong at all but that's still a big ask for Eastern Guilford to go on the road to a team that's 11-0 and has a really good running back there a division one guy uh, for Lee County that they would they would probably have a hard time stopping. They couldn't stop Grimsley's running game. I don't know that they're going to be able to stop that one. But, you know, that's that's the path there. Southeast Guilford, a little lower seed as a conference champion, maybe as a number six. I think they're probably a little bit better than that, certainly the way they're playing football right now. But the three losses outside the conference hurt them there. Let's go ahead and move to 3AA West. I was getting a little bit ahead of myself. Number 13, Northern Guilford. 
We'll visit Concord, Cox Mill, uh, and then the game featuring two local teams, uh, Southwest Guilford will travel to Dudley. These are two teams that are very familiar with each other. Yeah, and uh, the Cowboys probably would like to forget when they played Dudley at the ranch on November 1st. That was a 49-6 Dudley win. Uh, Dudley has finished strong as they, they kind of knew they had to going down the stretch. They ended up in a three-way tie for the Piedmont Triad 3A regular season championship with Mount Tabor, a team they lost to 21-20 and a Parkland team that they rolled after trailing in the second quarter and uh, basically went on about a 49-0 run in that game to, to blow out Parkland. So Dudley drew the number one seed from the conference. That's why they're a number three seed in the uh, 3AA West bracket. So uh, I, I think that's a big ask for Southwest Guilford after losing that badly at home to go on the road and beat Dudley. But... Uh, you know, Dudley knew they had some things to clean up toward the end of the regular season, some issues with penalties, some turnovers, but I think they're still more than strong enough to win that one. Northern Guilford with not not the worst draw in the world. Uh, Cox Mill, like Northern Guilford, 7-4. and four. They've played some tough teams, maybe a little tougher uh, conference schedule than Northern, but uh, you know that that's a game that uh, the Nighthawks might be able to go down there and win, but if they do, they're probably going to get uh, another trip down to that neck of the woods uh, in the second round to face a Northwest Cabarrus team that it's 10 and 1 going in the playoffs. Joe, you, you look at uh, in 3A West, uh, Monroe Parkwood will visit Northeast Guilford. Northeast has had a really good season. Uh, you look at what the Rams have done, they, they just find ways to win games. Yeah, they, their two losses were early, non conference. Well, I, I take that back. One was early non-conference. The other was to Eastern Alamance, which is an 11-0 team that's uh, the top seed from the Mid-State 3A. That was a 14-point loss for Northeast Guilford where they had a bunch of turnovers in that game. But early in the season, they had a little trouble kind of getting their offense rolling. Justin Wilson, their quarterback, missed some games early with injury. Since he's been back, they have been a much different team. They are a very, very strong running team, very physical and strong up front on offense and defense, but especially on offense. They want to run the ball. That's what Earl Bates coach teams generally do. But as Justin Wilson got more comfortable at quarterback after coming back from that injury, he was able to start hitting a few deep passes every game, getting some vertical things that open up the running game even more. And like most Earl Bates coach teams, they play really strong, solid defense. Uh, if they win that game against Monroe Parkwood, they're probably going to have to go up uh, on the mountain to Asheville to play A.C. Reynolds. That would be a very big challenge for them, but this Northeast Guilford team, Earl Bates has taken uh, Southern Guilford and Moorhead on some deep playoff runs before. I would not count out this Northeast Guilford team from another deep run. Joe, looking elsewhere uh, around the brackets, number 16, Moorhead will visit Randleman. And then rounding out for week one, uh, East Bend Forbush will be at number two, Reedsville. Uh, Reedsville, a, a very strong team, should be uh, a contender to represent the West in two-way in the state championship game. Yeah, the number one seed in their side of uh, that bracket is Burnsville Mountain Heritage, a team that they seem to play almost every year in the playoffs, a very good running team. Uh, Reedsville's one loss was to a very good passing team, East Surrey. Uh, they will not have to see them. East Surrey's a, uh, a 1AA team. Uh, Reedsville was the number two seed last year and rolled through the playoffs. Uh, they did not have to go on the road because uh, the team that was seated ahead of them, uh, Randleman last year, which is uh, in the East this year, uh, 
Randleman was beaten before they would have played Reedsville, so Reedsville was home all the way through. The really intriguing thing to me here is if Reedsville should win in the first round against East Bend Forbush, which of course we assume they will. The second round matchup will be the winner of Forest City Chase and Thomasville. And Thomasville's coached by Doug Robertson, former Eastern Guilford and Reedsville head coach. He won a state championship as Reedsville's coach in 2009 when Jimmy Teague had gotten out of high school coaching for a little bit of time. And he's a former Rams player. Boy, that, that would be a very interesting and intriguing matchup. Two guys who really, really are fond of each other because of the, the time that they spent together as coaches and players. Both really good football coaches. That would be a great matchup in round two. Joe, that'll do it uh, as we get ready to see the first round of high school football games for the playoffs. Uh, I guess before we uh, before we sign off, though, we should probably mention that High Point Christian has bowed out of their tournament. Yeah, they got to the semifinals in uh, NCIS AA Division Two team, a High Point Christian team that was just decimated by injuries all year. They're they don't have tremendous depth. Uh, Scott Bell's Cougars, their first 22 guys when the season started, very, very good football team, but the injuries just really took a toll. And then in the first quarter, very early in their loss to uh, Indian Trail, Metro Atlanta Christian, they lose Wistar Allen, great linebacker, a really good running back. He was playing fullback at the time on a carry, hurt an ankle. They lose him for the game. He's their best linebacker. He's headed to Richmond next year. He's been an all-area guy in the past for us, and I'm sure he will be again this year. That was kind of their season in a nutshell. Losing him early in that, that semifinal was just a, just a huge blow, and they weren't able to overcome it. But uh, if that team was healthy, I think they're probably still playing this week in either the Division II championship game or maybe up in Division One. But uh, uh, a tough finish for them, but a really good season anyway, an 8-4 and four finish. Well, Joe, that'll do it for this edition of the HS Extra Prep Talk Podcast. I hope everybody will continue to follow along with our coverage throughout the playoffs on hsextra.com.